The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the last episode of Marketing Superstar Week on the MarTech Podcast. Every day this week, we've been talking to one of the most well-recognized marketers in the world. Joining us again today is Rand Fishkin, who is the co-founder and CEO of SparkToro, which helps entrepreneurs, marketers, and product folks of all stripes uncover the publications and people that influence their target audience. SparkToro's powerful dataset contains 70 million public web and social profiles with a simple-to-use research tool that is free to try. And prior to founding SparkToro, Rand was also the founder of Moz, a leader in the field of search engine optimization tools, resources, and community. He's also the author of multiple books, including The Art of SEO, Inbound Marketing and SEO, and his most recent work, Lost and Founder. And so far this week, Rand and I have talked about his tips for building a startup that matches the goals of the founder, how to learn from your customers, how to build a product-led marketing team. And yesterday, we talked about his number one tip for marketers that email is more important than anything. Today, we're going to wrap up Marketing Superstar Week by talking to Rand to understand how he leverages his influence as a marketer. All right, on with my conversation with Rand Fishkin, founder and CEO of SparkToro. Rand, happy Friday and welcome back to the last episode of Marketing Superstar Week on the MarTech Podcast. Happy Friday, Benjamin. Excited to have you back here. I'm sad it's almost over. Rand, it's been a privilege here. And before I start crying, let's make the most (laughs) out of this conversation. I want to get a little personal here for a podcast like ours. We talk to marketers. We're all building a consultancy, an agency, a media business. We're working in-house and trying to move up the ladder. And on some level within our industry, we're all trying to make a name and make ourselves successful. And you're one of the most successful, recognized, prominent marketers in the world. When you think about your career, there's lots of guys like me that are thinking, hey, when I grow up, I want to be like Rand Fishkin. He's, he's, <laughs> you know, everybody thinks of Rand and marketing. How does that make you feel? A little bit like an imposter, for sure. It's an odd thing having this pseudo-celebrity status among marketing world people. I try not to be celebrity-like in any way, right? If you tweet at me, I will reply. If you email me, I'll chat back to you. If you invite me on your podcast, I'll be honored to join, right? It's true. He's here. Um, 
So yeah, I have to prioritize like any busy person, but I really try and be as accessible as I can. And I don't ever, whatever, no matter how much money I make, which thankfully so far has been a relatively normal distribution amount. I've been very lucky, but not millions or tens of millions of dollars lucky. I want to try and stay humble and grounded and connected to people. I don't know if you've had this experience, Benjamin, where you like have friends who make a lot of money and then they get quite weird. None of my friends are that successful. They're all podcast hosts. <laughs> I said this earlier in the week and jokingly, I was like, Rand, you're one of the most notable marketers in the world. And, and somehow you don't seem like a schmuck. Somehow don't seem like a schmuck. That's going on my LinkedIn bio. I'll have you know. I will happily be your reference. This guy is not a schmuck. <laughs> but I think that where people feel like there's a disconnect when you have a, a sense of celebrity is when you start acting with behaviors that are outside of the norm because you can. And I think a lot of what is driven there is people start treating you differently. So you respond differently. Have you found that being a celebrity in the marketing sphere has caused people to treat you differently? Sure. Yeah, a little bit. I pretty regularly get some odd things. I have something on Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook where someone says something like, oh my gosh, Rand liked a post of mine because I'll hit the heart button, right? And it was a good post. Like there's nothing strange about me or anybody else liking a post of yours, but I guess I'm very happy that my feedback is so meaningful to you. I get the same thing in emails, right? Where someone will say, wow, I can't believe it's really you. I can't believe you really respond. I get people replying like, well, there's no way this is actually Rand, but whoever Rand's assistant is, please tell him I'm a big fan. I'll be like, hey, man, it's me. <laughs> Let me call his assistant. Rand, this guy likes your post. <laughs> Thanks, Rand. <laughs> I haven't had an assistant since I left Moz. Sorry. But that kind of stuff is flattering. It can be fun. But yes, I agree with you. It can disconnect you from reality. And I think you've got to have a healthy grounding to resist that. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. 
So do you feel like being visible and being known as an influencer in a category like marketing, does that make you responsible to act a certain way? Does it change how you think about what you're publishing, where you're publishing, how you publish? Absolutely. I think it was probably a few years ago as my profile was growing a little bit in the space and sphere that I had this sense of a greater obligation because of the whatever the influence that I had. And that for me in particular evolved around who am I standing up for? Is it people who historically have been underrepresented in marketing or haven't had as many opportunities or who aren't getting as much help and advice? Or is it people who the status quo already benefited? So this is wide range of things, right? This is like, I like helping and like serving small and medium businesses, growing and new businesses, startups versus enterprises. Enterprises have a lot of money. There's no doubt about it. But you know what? They're going to be fine. They're doing great. You have never had a 50-year run in the United States like you've had if you work at a big business. It's just crazy how much wealth has gone to the top few companies in every sector compared to everybody else. I don't think they need my help. Same thing is true for like, I've been a very passionate advocate online and off about getting more women and more people of color and more folks who are disabled and more folks who you know don't look like you and me onto stages, onto podcasts, featuring their content on Moz's website or making them the voice that I amplify on social media. That's been a heck of a journey too. I am incredibly impressed. And we're just getting to know each other through these podcast series that we're doing. A couple of things that I've observed. First off, you've got a handwritten Black Lives Matter poster behind you. Yeah, that was the one I was marching with all summer. So I figured I'd put it up. Yeah. And it looks like one that was out in the field and used. Yeah. And the second thing that I've noticed is when I asked you for recommendations for other people that would be good speakers for the Voices of Search podcast, your response was, let's talk a little bit about diversity. And you didn't say it in those words, but you were basically saying, hey, you should think about diversity, what's important to you. And not only did you say, hey, Ben, go find some guests who don't look and sound like you or aren't from the same background. You already had the list prepared of who they were. I went out and custom found those folks for you, actually. So I have a lot of people that I follow, but yeah. I was blown away because, you know, I think that most of the marketing world looks at you as a celebrity and a very visible figure, and you could easily be another one of the talking head white guys that are on every stage in marketing, and you really do seem like you have a true sense of responsibility to help other people get recognition in the industry and make sure that it is a diverse industry. Now, is that because you believe in diversity in general, or is it that you want to help the growth of the marketing industry? It's probably a little more the former than the latter, at least from a conscious perspective. But even just hearing you say that, there's no doubt in my mind that both things will happen when you add more diversity to the conversation. And I mean diversity of many, many kinds, right? So I want to see more in-house marketers who help small and medium businesses on stages versus just director of growth for Uber and Airbnb 
on stages. Like, I want to see more people like that elevated because I think those stories are more meaningful to a vast swath of small and medium businesses. And also, I want to see more Asian American women on stages and more Native women on stages and more people of color on stages. And I want to see more people who have disabilities on stages and people who don't look like what the industry looked like when I got into it, which was essentially all me. I remember having this conversation, Benjamin, with a friend of mine I won't name because I didn't ask him permission to share, but he's a black guy. And he was like, when I got into marketing, I looked around at all the speakers on all the stages in sort of digital marketing world, and they're all white. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's a white guy thing. It's not for me. And then I saw Will Reynolds speak. And I was like, oh, shit. Maybe this is not just for white dudes. Maybe I can get into this too. And he did. Yeah. Will Reynolds, brilliant SEO, also has been a guest on the Voices of Search podcast. Smart guy. Will's an amazing guy, right? That was hugely meaningful to me. It made me feel like, I don't know if you ever saw that famous White House photo of the little boy, he must be four or five, and he's touching Barack Obama's hair. Yeah. Because he wants to prove to himself that the president of the United States has hair like his. Because it's just so hard for him to imagine that he could be reflected in the office of the presidency. And look, I have my challenges with Barack Obama. I'm a little more progressive probably than he was. But I cannot deny the power of that imagery, the power of what that means to have someone like you represented in that field. My grandfather, who's still alive, my grandfather's 93, he's Jewish. He could not get gigs working in certain consulting companies. He was a chemical engineer graduate out of college because of his Jewishness, because of who he was, right? Because anti-Jewish sentiment was still quite prominent in the 40s and 50s. And it was a long time before Jews were sort of accepted into American mainstream society. So, hey, do we have a responsibility to pay it forward to help make sure that nobody gets excluded, to help make sure that everybody can see themselves in positions of influence and authority? I think we absolutely do. And the more influence you gain, the more that obligation rests on your shoulders. So, sorry, long answer, but hopefully helpful. It's a great one. And it's honestly the reason why I wanted to have this as our last episode is I was taken back by how much you prioritize diversity inclusion. And from somebody who is such a visible figure in the marketing industry, I think that's really important and really powerful. And it motivated me to think more about diversity and inclusion for who is a guest on the MarTech podcast or the guest on the Voices of Search podcast as well. So I was moved. And I appreciate you for, A, prioritizing helping people that don't look and sound like us, and B, for not being a schmuck. (laughs) I have one final thing to say on that, which is many of the people who might be listening and think to themselves, that's malarkey, I don't like that stuff, it doesn't really help with business results. Let me just share one more story on this front, which is at MozCon, which was the conference I ran at Moz, started there for many years. That conference started with just a few dozen attendees, grew to a few hundred, and then several thousand attendees over the years. And in 2008, I think we started prioritizing gender diversity on stage. And within literally two years, the diversity of attendees shifted from 30% women, 70% men to 40, 60, and then close to 50, 50. I think it was 45, 44, something like that. Then we did that same thing later on with other kinds of diversity, right? People of color and disability and all this other stuff. And the crowd kept getting bigger. We sold more tickets at higher prices. 
the crowd feedback, the responses to the speaker individual ratings and like how much they liked the conference, those improved over time. Diversity and equity and inclusion are not you taking people who are less qualified. It is the opposite. Your quality of output, the quality of guests you will have on this program, the quality of the program itself will benefit because you explore outside of one monoculture. One of the things to understand about marketing is what your customers' needs and pain points are. The the biggest factor in marketing is understanding who you're trying to reach. And if you're trying to grow your audience, being able to tap into a diverse audience is incredibly important. Yeah. Rand, I'll wrap up Marketing Superstar Week by saying you're a superstar. And I appreciate you being our guest You carry a tremendous amount of weight and influence in our industry. It's been an honor and privilege to have you as our guest. I hope you come back and thank you for not only gracing us with your presence, but also standing for diversity and inclusion within marketing. I appreciate your efforts. Thank you, Benjamin. Really appreciate you having me and all the best to your audience. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Rand Fishkin, the founder and CEO of SparkToro, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Rand, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Randfish, R-A-N-D-F-I-S-H, or you can visit his company's website, which is sparktoro.com, S-P-A-R-K-T-O-R-O.com, or you can find his most recent book, Lost and Founder, at sparktoro.com slash book. Just one more link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we've got summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.